Welcome to the Therapeutic Food Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Marion Mitchell. I'm an integrative nutrition health coach, therapeutic diet expert, and founder of The Road to Living Whole. There are many different diets out there. It's hard to know which one is right for you with your chronic illness and autoimmune disease. In this podcast, I'm going to share with you the foundational pieces every single therapeutic diet out there shares, and also how to use the best one for your particular diagnosis. If you've been looking for a meal planning partner, help navigating the complicated healthcare system, and want to feel better quickly, I'm your girl. Grab your kombucha and notebook, let's dive in. Hello everyone, I have Etienne back with me today, and he is a teacher of craniosacral therapy. And in our last episode, we introduced you to what that is, how it works, how trauma in the body can contribute to illness. And today we want to go deeper into what healing really looks like. And we're really going to talk about the heart and the role that it plays in our health and in our journey on this earth. So Atina, hello, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so happy to be here again. I'm so happy to have you here. Can you introduce yourself briefly for those maybe who haven't heard our previous episode, introduce yourself and what you do and more about your school and your, your, what you teach. And then um, let's just dive into the topic for today. All right. So Etienne Persman is my name. I live at this moment in Seattle, up north. Yes, I've been teaching craniosacral for, uh, yeah, about 30 years, a little more than that. And I started out with this teaching this subject in uh, in the Netherlands, in Belgium also, in Europe. And then uh, around 2000, I moved to the U.S. and uh, have been teaching in different places, mainly in New Mexico, uh, I was a time in a school in Santa Fe, then had my own school somewhere near Albuquerque. And now I'm more or less um, without a specific school, but more a traveling teacher. So I have a few classes that I do in uh, in the U.S. next week somewhere in Snohomish, which is Washington State. Uh, then in the winter, we do always... Every winter, I do a intensive program, and that's eight, nine classes in a row. Uh, it's been given in two months, and this year we do it in Taos. Uh, so again, New Mexico, and it's going to be cold, there's going to be snow, so it's going to be fun. Uh, so that's what I do in the U.S., and then I have classes that I give in Europe, in the Netherlands, in Prague, and this year also in London. I do that twice a year. We go to Taiwan for uh, also twice a year for four classes each. In future, that will expand. I love traveling and I love teaching. And the fun thing is that everywhere that I go, there is different, different people, of course. And, you know, they all react so different to be in class, to be with the teacher and how they are. You know, it's it, that is so fun to see how in different parts of the world, people are totally different than in other parts. Oh yeah, we just this summer did two brain classes. They were called master classes, brain master classes. Uh, 
And it was each time a nine-day program. And that was a new thing because we did it in a resort. So for people, it was a double whammy. They could go on vacation in a nice resort and at the same time have, uh, yeah, class about the brain. And um, yeah, that was amazing. In Mexico, we did that. And it was more or less, um, yeah, an outdoor thing where uh, it was kind of primitive, but the food in Mexico is just amazing. So, And also we were in the mountains outside of Mexico City, so beautiful. And then we were teaching in the yurt. And then a few, months, a few weeks later, we went to Italy. Uh, in the middle of Italy, on the other side of Rome, at the Adriatic coast. And there we were really in a... Yeah, a four or five star resort with swimming pools, sauna. Yeah, it was the meals were, you know, like five courses. It was the total opposite. And of course, then you get totally different people that are attracted to this or to the other style. And yeah, that is so nice, you know, it that uh, that variation. Yeah. Yeah, it never it's never the same twice. No, then that's that's nice. And also, that's the same with my classes. They're never the same. And sometimes, you know, some classes I gave more than 250 times the same class, but it's different every time. It caters to the energy of the students. And uh, that keeps me, uh, yeah, you could say alive, totally alive. Yeah. Yeah. So for those who don't know, can you give a brief introduction or a brief definition of what craniosacral is? Yes, physically, what it does physically to the body, uh, we relax the spine, we relax the brain or the cranium. So we make sure that the essence of the body, the most deep part of the body, which is the nerve system, the brain and the spinal cord and all the nerves, they guide the whole body. So when they are as relaxed as possible and as free flowing, when the energy in there uh, flows as freely as possible, then the whole body is gonna work better. And of course, if a brain inside of the skull has all the space that it can have, its maximum space, then a brain will also start functioning maximally, which has, of course, an effect on your intelligence, on also on your mind, on your thoughts. Yeah, it, it's going to just function better. So that's the physicality, what we do. And how we do that is, uh, yeah, it's kind of using techniques, specific places, that we know if we touch there, something inside is going to happen. But the way we do it is um, not like a doing, but more letting the body do it by itself. It's a very subtle, but easy to learn thing to do. And it's also, you could say, it's a kind of meditation. Because when we... Uh, what we teach, what we learn is 
to make sure that the body um, uh, yeah, that bell just threw me off here <laughs> somebody's at the door but what we teach what we learn is about uh, not going into thinking about it but just um, holding and going into a no mind space a meditative space where you use intuition where and, you use connection and intuition and you're able to almost let go and observe which i think is the power of meditation yes. is you're you're able to almost sit back and let your thoughts and feelings and anything that's being released just kind of pass and observe it versus worry or stress or hold or protect but just just observe yeah. yes yes and that is so easy to learn also, you know, that observing space. Uh, we have different techniques that we use for that or instruction that we use for that. But the, the part, that the, the no-mind part, the intuition, that is so easy to learn. You know, we start, and maybe I, I explained that in the last episode, but we start with just simple touch without any motion, and then just becoming aware, what is it you're touching? Yeah, instead of thinking about what I'm touching, what I need to do, we just hold, we connect to it, and we become, it, it's like instant mindfulness. There is no effort at all. You just become aware of what you're feeling. But with some other aspects, like when you touch for a minute, your body is going to produce and it's happening, not just with the client, but it also happens with the person that is doing the touch. You get flooded with oxytocin. And that is amazing. Oxytocin makes yeah the mind stop. It just creates oneness. In other words, love. Yeah, but that oneness of two energies combined, yeah, that that makes the whole healing process. It magnifies it. It just, yeah, uh, it's like a quantum leap in energy that is able, that is present. And on top of that, when you just feel it, you automatically um, become the observer of it all. And that's wonderful to do, you know, to just feel everything. Yeah. 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 And I feel like in our modern American society, especially, we're just so used to go, 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 go. And we don't have time or the energy to slow down, <laughs> to give space. And so craniosacral kind of helps us get that, but also... And I want to kind of go into the topic of today, because I know that when somebody is working with a, you know, doing cranio and, or having, you know, working with somebody on themselves that it really, it releases a lot of stored emotion and stored trauma, and it allows the heart to open. And I would like to talk about the role of that in the healing process and how important it is to it, how cranio can help us heal in our journey. I think that's just so, so important, especially for the people who listen to this podcast. 
Well, yes, you know, one thing I didn't mention in learning cranio, uh, the, there is a few main parts, but one of them is what we call the midline. Okay. That is like a magic wand. When, you know, in the beginning, when a body is being created, it starts as, as one stem cell that fertilized egg. And out of that one cell, this is just amazing. One cell will start cloning itself endlessly, 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 and create so many replicas of itself. And then at a certain point, you have yeah, a number of these stem cells. Now, at that point, they already make a very small uh, definition about what they are going to do. Some of them will create the outside layer. Some of them, the organs, the inside layer. And there is a third layer also, the connective tissue layer. So there is a definition already. The stem cells prepare themselves to go create the body, but they're still stem cells, which means they don't have a form yet. They look like drops of water, just like that. So imagine three layers of that. And then the life force, you know, yeah, life force will create. If the midline, that I was talking about, does not appear. Those three layers just close. They form a tube. And that will become the spinal cord with the brain on top. But when the midline is not there, there is a tube. And it starts to grow. But pure chaos. Everything goes, but there is no cohesion. And if the midline, and that cannot live, if it happens like that, now, when the midline comes, every cell, it is like suddenly they get turned on. Every cell suddenly knows what they're going to have to become in life. They know what their purpose is. Suddenly, it's like boop, magic. And then the second thing is the clarity about that purpose, but also they need the clarity where in the space of the body they need to migrate to, to be able to fulfill their life task. And also there is a very order about what is the timing that they need to follow. So at that point when the midline appears, the cells know where to move to. And then they become, it's like these stem cells move to a place. They start creating an enormous amount of themselves, and then they switch to, for instance, liver cells. So they have to move to that spot, create enough cells to create the liver, and then they transform and they become liver or heart or bone or whatever mm. their purpose is. So that's what's going to happen. But that midline, and that is something that we practice to connect to that midline. Because when the midline appears, there is no brain yet. In the body, when the midline appears, when the body is growing, there is no brain yet. So there cannot be any thought also. 
So it's pure intuition. It's pure, you could say, nature's intelligence that is creating all these yeah, forms in the body that start to work it to work together. And for the mind, yeah, it takes about two, three years before a body comes out of mom for the mind to start developing and thoughts start to happen. So our main thing that we use is how to connect to that natural intelligence of the midline. And remember what I just said, the midline brings total clarity. So when you connect to it, when you connect to that midline, that clarity will also push. When we connect to a client and the midline, the client's body, where it is not really working well, the client will start feeling that because there is no clarity about purpose at that point. Cells will start to feel and start to try to move to a better spot. And we help that by touch. Then the second thing, yeah, besides that is when the midline is there, all emotional stuff that is not expressed will start rising to the surface. It's like the midline pushes everything that is not clear to the surface. And of course, mental activity will also start coming to the surface. It's all one after the other that will move up. So I feel that that might be intimidating for people. I would like to maybe have you walk them through what that process looks like when they're working with a, a craniosacral therapist, you know, who's helping them open up the mind, open up the nervous system, open up that midline. I know that they're not going through it alone, right? A lot of people are so scared of facing their, their demons or their trauma or their, you know, the things that they've just, they just don't have, they haven't had the capacity to be able to process. And now we're releasing all of that. So I kind of, I would like to maybe share with people what the process would look like when they're working with someone. Yes. What that process looks like. <laughs> well, it's a little different for every person, but it is Absolutely not scary. You know what? One of the things, the way we touch, is so without any doing. So when you touch that way, when you just put your hands on a person, and as a practitioner, you yourself go into that deep midline space. That's where you go. And that means, as a practitioner, going through the program, you cleared yourself of all the stuff that was happening inside. So you know the way, you know the way out of your own swamps as a practitioner. And a client will feel that. A client will feel that here is a person that is clear inside. So the body feels that. Maybe the client is not aware of that, but their body feels the calmness, the quiet, the connection to the midline. And then we gently start going spot by spot by spot where we feel that things are stuck a little bit. 
And that's basically a first session. We open up most, yeah, the whole spine almost, and also the connection to the, from the spine to the cranium. Yeah, there is a spot there where the spine ends and the cranium starts. So when we do that, we connect feeling with the brain, with the mind, and we create that connection of the whole body again. People that can't get out of their heads, we connect them to their body again. So the life force can now start moving easily up and down. And the first session always, always gives such a wonderful feeling to the client. They open up so totally. And there might be a little emotion, but the openness of their own energy just brings them beyond that. Yeah, and then, of course, when they go home, they start, they keep that feeling with them. But then slowly, and that's the beauty of the body, slowly what is in the way will start coming up. It is not like suddenly, yeah, there is what that emotion is suddenly totally present. It goes so gradual. Yeah, and that's the beauty of our work also, that it is a very gradual process that the client goes through. That's very healing. You know, I think the intelligence of the body is just so incredible. When it's given the space, it goes, hmm, am yes. I we are able yes. to process this now. So let's 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 talk about this. And so it's like this gentle nudge and you know, when I know, we know that when it comes to people who are chronically ill, they're really struggling with a lot of chronic illness that releasing and processing the emotions and giving the body, removing things out of the way that have been hindering the healing process physically and emotionally and all of that is just an essential part of the process to being, to recovering from illness and I think that as we, you know, the, the, the body is just bringing all this stuff slowly and gently to the surface, and then you continue getting the, the, you know, working with your therapist and then the heart, that midline, that heart starts to open up and that where, where have you seen transformation really happen when that parts, the midline, the heart starts to really have that clarity of, you know, and purpose and what can people expect? Well, you know, there is this thing with the heart. It's that amazing organ, you know, the heart has a double function or actually three functions. It has a function in the inner world and it has a function in the outer world. Now in the inner world, what the heart does, and this is just amazing, it uses blood as its messenger, but it connects to every cell in the body. Trillions and trillions and trillions of cells, the heart connects to each and every one, bringing nutrients and removing toxins. Yeah. So the giving and the taking, removing toxins is also an act of love. Bringing nutrients to every cell. So that connection of the heart with every, every cell in the body 
yeah, you could say that is love. That is, yeah, maintaining the oneness of all those individual cells. They feel connected. They feel that, yes, this is the universe for them. Yeah, then the heart plays that role of connector. connector. And then there is the outer world, the world outside of us. Yeah, and in that world, the heart can do the, exactly the same. It can connect to the trees, to the plants, to the grass, to sand, to mountains, to the ocean, to the stars, to the sky, to the moon. It can connect to insects, to animals, to people. It can connect to everything that's out there, all and everything, giving love to that, but also receiving love. Yeah, if it chooses to, it can connect to anything out there. So the heart basically has a major role in maintaining our place in the universe, in the inner world, but also in the outer world. Yes. And then on top of that, the heart, yeah, and that is the amazing thing. The heart has the ability to transform whatever you bring to the heart, whatever emotion you bring to the heart, the heart is able to transform it into something else. Yeah, and that is also part of that meridian we call the triple heater. Yeah, that describes our energy. The energy that we are born with is the first part. The second part is the energy that we take in every day. And then the third part of the triple heater is the heart. It's transformative ability, which means it's creative ability, which means it's ability for evolution. If you bring things to the heart, evolution automatically happens. So, yeah, the heart is a very, wow, I cannot put it in words, just wow. Yeah. yeah. What we do with the heart in our courses, it's the first class where we learn, where students learn how to talk to a client. And, you know, there is so much things about trauma and stuff like that. But... When you go to the heart, you have to realize the heart, everything that happens with us, the heart is the very first organ that starts functioning in the body. After 18 days, after conception, the heart is beating, the heart is present. I always feel when that happens, that's where the soul connects to the body. At that moment, the soul claims that body. So at that moment, there is that connection. And so the heart knows everything that happens in life. It just has to pass through it because it connects to all these cells. So it knows everything. Now, there is a little problem though, and that's what we go into also with clients when and i will explain this to my clients when they come for a heart session is that at the very beginning when 
the baby is growing. The heart is so vulnerable. It is a baby needs to be protected. A child needs to be protected. Protected. Its heart can get hurt any moment. So the heart, luckily, from the very beginning, has this shield around it, the pericardium, the heart protector. And it has its own meridian. It is just a simple membrane, but it is so powerful in its ability to protect the heart from hurt. But sometimes it has to become very, very sturdy and sometimes very thick. And then we grow up, the heart is protected. Now it can become, an, it can function fully. But if we don't look at protection and we don't fix that, we will go through life with a thick, thick protection around it. And then it becomes impossible to give love or to receive it. It becomes mm -hmm. impossible because we keep going with this baby's protection around it. So that's one of the first things that we will look at with clients and with students also. How open is your heart? How, what do you need to do to make your protector loosen up, realize, hey, I'm an adult now. I don't need to be so hiding behind a sturdy um, heart, protect, um, heart protector. Let me just give you one example about this. One of my graduates at one point, um, she couldn't get pregnant. So, all right, come for a session. So she came for a session and I had no clue what to do. But I was drawn to the heart. So I put my hand on her heart and we started talking. And she started talking about when she was growing up. And when she was growing up and her father had been in jail, uh, he was with the enemy in the Second World War. And then he came out of jail. Uh, he started a family and she was one of the children. And he was a very hateful person, a very, yeah, not nice at all. Uh, he never hit anybody, but his words, yeah, he could do so much damage. Now, and this is a very strange thing. The heart protector had taken it up in up himself to not just protect the heart so that their heart couldn't get hurt, but it also took it upon himself to include the ovaries, the future, yeah, the offspring, the possible offspring also needed to be protected. Now, physically, this is impossible. That membrane is around the heart. It cannot suddenly open up and go all the way down. So that's not possible. But somehow, energetically, sperm wouldn't be able to penetrate. There was no possibility for an egg to be fertilized. That's how strong that heart protector was. So now at that point, we had to 
convince the heart protector, hey, yeah, you did a fantastic job. And it took a while. And then it dawned on me to use simple words. I said to the heart protector, you did your life's purpose perfectly. She's a beautiful woman. She has her own house. She makes her own money. You did your life purpose perfectly. And she thanked the heart protector for doing that. And then I said, can you now allow the ovaries to also fulfill their life task? Oh, it was silent for a minute. And one of the tricks we use, we ask the client, can they lend their voice to the heart protector? to the heart or liver or whatever organ so that we can talk directly. And that sounds far-fetched, but when you're in that no-mind space, it's such a natural thing to let your body talk, not your mind. So the heart protector was silent for a minute, and then suddenly it said, okay, just like, just like that, okay. Now, two months later, I get a call. She was pregnant. The heart protector. Wow. You know, that's how powerful these organs in the body are. Yeah, But also the ability that the client can connect to them and understand their role and then communicate about it. I think that is so powerful. I think, especially in America, we're girl, we're taught that everything is just so separate and isolated and disconnected when really what you're teaching and, and what, how you're helping your clients is to really help them understand how connected of everything is. And, and when you understand its purpose and its role and, and tell it, you're allowed to do that. You don't have to like, you've done your job. You can let go of the protection and just be, it, it's just so powerful. Yes. You know, and that being separate, what you just were talking about, how, can that be all these cells, your body, my body, come from one cell? One microscopic cell created all these cells. So how can there be separation? It's impossible. It's all coming from one and the same cell. But that's science. You know, science focuses here and there and there. And they specialize in their specific area and lose oversight of, yes, it is one body. Yeah. And this is one thing I've known for years is that nothing works in isolation in the body. The liver affects everything. The heart affects everything. You know, yes. um, the pancreas affects everything. Your reproductive organs affect everything. Like everything is just so connected. And it's like, I guess it still can seem so such a foreign concept. Like it makes sense. We all come from one cell. Everything's connected, but it's like breaking through that and truly understanding and accepting it and embodying that thought. It seems like such a challenge. And I love how 
when someone works with a cranial, you know, craniotherapist that it, it just, it kind of maybe shortens the learning curve and, you know, having that second person, that second energy, that love, that connection to be able to give space for, for that, you know, for that healing and, to, and guidance on how to let the body speak and how to, you know, release it's, it's just so cool and powerful. And I love how gentle it is. It's not, you know, I, I always call like, there's, there's two, I feel like there's two different approaches. There's kind of like you punch disease in the face or you allow the body to, to communicate and, mm. and give space for That's that so and, to, and to heal, you know, by removing and by adding, you know, that give and take that you were talking about. Yes. Like yes. when we, I feel like the give and take is so much more effective because it's long-term, you know, when we're, when we learn how to connect to our body and we learn to understand its language and we learn to create safe space because life happens, you know, like we can control ourselves, but we can't control what happens around us. And when we are allowing ourselves to be a safe space and we release and we were able to remove ourselves and to just observe our thoughts and our body's response and all these things. It's just so powerful and freeing for us. It is. Yes. You lost me here. Yeah. I was just <laughs> listening to what you were saying. Yeah. But it's true. You know, there is uh, listening to the body. That is so important. Also, you know, you can punch a disease in the face, but what's the point? You know, what is more important is, why are you here? What, what happened that the body needs to create something that's not, yeah, that we call a disease? What is the reason that something is there? You know, there, every the body, when it's working perfect, you don't feel it. You feel good. Yes, you feel blissful. Yes, but the body is not interfering in daily life. But when there is something in the body that needs to be looked at, you will start feeling something. Yeah, and if it really, if you don't pay attention, the body will push a little harder, make you feel it a little more until you pay attention. And then you do something with it. So everything that we call a disease is the body telling us, Hey, listen to me, pay attention. I need your attention. I need some time. I need this. I need that. Yeah. It reminds me of this story I heard about it. He was an allopathic doctor, conventional doctor who does spine surgeries. And he realized by taking the time to listen to his patients that a lot of them had a lot of um, anger and hurt that they were holding on to. So he would tell them, and he said, you have to do three months of therapy. And if your back still hurts, then I will do surgery. Oh, that's right. And he had 90% of his patients never come back. Yeah. That when they were able to release and process um, their, their pain, their emotional pain and, yes. you know, all whatever was going on, that their back pain completely disappeared. Of course. You know, that remaining 10% were people that had been in accidents, that had, had some sort of physical trauma of some point that needed to be corrected. But all of the emotional stuff was resolved. 
And I just think that that what we're talking about just reminds me of like any sort of dysfunction, you know, when we are able to process through and release what we're holding on to it or, or what our body has trained to be protective of that we need to say, Hey, you don't have to do that anymore. You know, then it's, we are able to like all these, these things that are crying, our body crying out for help and attention. Yeah you know, these things that we, that were ailments to us go away. Mm -hmm. Yes, totally. One of the things that uh, clients need also is they need to understand the body. And like with what I was just talking about, talking to the heart. Yeah. I will explain that to the client on the table about the inner world, about the outer world, about how the protector functions. So they're on the table listening, maybe for the first time, hearing that the heart is more than a pump. It is not just a pump. Yeah, it has all these abilities to connect to every cell in the inner, the outer world. And on top of that, it can transform. It can perform magic. So a client deserves to know the magic of their body. And when they, when I talk to them about that, then it's not anymore about trauma. It is about understanding the body, understanding how different things work. And with trauma, we do the same thing in a little different way. You know, we don't go into the story at all. That's more psychology, you know, and you talk about it, but you're not connecting to the body. But what we do is a little different approach with trauma. Um, I used to talk to my clients and let them explain the trauma, let them go into the story. And it's a never-ending story most of the time. Mm-hmm. But then I started realizing I didn't go anywhere with them. It became boring, literally. So I started realizing, hey, the brain holds the trauma. How does it do that? What parts of the brain hold the energy of trauma? It's like a computer, the brain. There is files everywhere. So where is it? And then, you know, we started realizing, I started realizing there is a specific order in the brain where things are stored. And if things are not solved, then that energy keeps looking for a way out. So it is looping around and interfering with everything. And that's when people get depressed because the life force is not fully available. So with the trauma work, We go from place to place to place to all the nuclei in the body where energy is stored and we let it out. And that's so easy because you just touch it and wait and the energy will move out. Yeah, it's just pure electricity. It's like a lightning rod. You become a lightning rod. The energy moves out 
And if you follow the root of trauma, where it all is connected, one after the other, you empty the bucket, the bucket, the bucket, the bucket. And then at a certain point, it becomes deflated, that traumatic energy that keeps looping around, yeah, that static electricity moves out. And then we talk about what was it about the trauma. But then it becomes such a small thing because of the, yeah, the energy that they were not able to release is out of it. And now they can very quietly and sometimes not even need to talk about it. But if needed, we can look at it. So, yeah, that's a different way of dealing with trauma. What I love about that is it removes the need to relive it. Mm. Yes. I've been I've been reading up on on trauma and how it's stored and how to pro- the mind body connection and how it's yeah. how talk therapy really is truly ineffective most of the time because it just causes you to dwell and to relive and and your your body cannot physically handle reliving it but by deflating it and making it to removing the energy from it makes it so that it's a story of the past that's made you who you are versus something that you're having you're literally physically reliving the all the feelings and the pain and the and the brain shutting off, like you don't have to go through that process. And I think that I know that that in and of itself is just incredibly powerful, especially when the trauma is so intense mm. to be, you know, when you're reliving it. So it's like to, to have a modality to help remove that or to deflate it. As you said, I love that, that, analogy um to deflate it before you even talk about it and releasing it in the in the neural pathways and all of that like that's just that's gonna that will be freeing for those people who are crippled oh, yeah. by their oh. trauma and to to have a new way of processing it in a way that almost removes your brain from it but just allows the energy to be released i just i i'm i'm so excited yes. <laughs> for people yes you know a little trick we use about emotion. Yeah, uh, trauma always holds emotion. Mm-hmm. And what is emotion? It is a message for the moment. Mm-hmm. At this moment, when there is somebody and you feel an emotion, there is something you want to express or something that needs to happen. It's always a message to let the other know how you feel at this moment. But, you know, in school, at home, so many thousands of times you felt, of course you feel, and you're not allowed to express. But emotion, when you feel it, when it comes up, it is molecules in the body. It is a physical physical thing. It is not just energy. No, the body creates chemicals Mm -hmm. that that's the emotion physically. It's a, right. a chemical. So if it stays in the body, it's going to accumulate. You're going to become more and more and more affected by your own chemicals. And at a certain point, it becomes so much, it becomes scary. And then you can't 
absorb anything else anymore around you because you're so full of it. So in our trauma sessions and also in class, we have a little trick. When a client comes to the table, we tell them, all right, you know, they're fidgeting because it's so much. But before we go into releasing the brain and the body where these, uh, yeah, where that energy is stored, we do a physical exercise. The client is on their back and we ask them, you know, I'm going to tell to three and you just listen to me. Then my voice will change and it will become one, two. And we ask them to tense up their arms, their neck, and then on three to just shoot out, you know, with force, let their arms release and shoot out lightning out of their hands, like in a, a comic strip, fireballs. And at the same time, they have to make a very short but very hard noise, like in karate. So we do that three times with the chest and the arms. We do it three times with the legs that they kick. Then we do it three times with the whole body. So a client now is having fun because it's fun. And they can scream just a little bit in control. But now after 10 minutes, they're on the table sweating. They're warm. They're alive. They know that they released stuff. What was unreleasable, we gave them, let them feel, hey, you can release stuff. It is easy. And then we go into the brain and release the thing. So by that time, a client, yeah, they come in with the bucket, the bucket full. But now with that exercise, we empty half the bucket. So now they can absorb something new. They can feel the relaxation of cranio. And that's different than going into the trauma itself mm -hmm. and rehashing it. Yeah, you're giving yourself permission to release without having to actually say, I'm allow I'm allowing myself to release this. You're just doing it. Yes, yes. And yes. physic, you know, and physically releasing it without even having to think about it. I just I, I love cranio so much. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. I remember this story when I first learned about it. And I when I when we first had our first episode, I knew like an inch worth. It was very, very superficial. All I knew is that this yoga instructor had worked through the process with a therapist and then and then once a year went back and got adjusted to to release you know the spine and her brain again and that she just needed to go once a year she was and then she would be calm and like but throughout the year you know her bucket would fill up so she'd go for a session and her bucket would empty yes. and she just and that's all she needed because she was able to she was so connected to her body oh, that she only needed assistance yeah once a year. And I, I just thought that that was so cool and powerful because she'd gone in with back pain yeah. and, you know, she was a yoga instructor and in dealing with, you know, injuries, quote unquote, but with the craniosacral, they were able to actually release what was actually the problem. And she was able to continue teaching. And then once a year, she needed that extra support and then she was good to go again. And I was, and I just think that like that story just always stuck with me. 
And I always was like, I need to learn more. Yes. <laughs> so I, I love the way that you explain it so very much. And I think it's just so powerful and being able to give us a different perspective on how cranial works and how the body works. You've explained it in a way that I've never heard before. So I really appreciate, I really appreciate that. It's very exciting for me. (laughs) It's literally preventive medicine. Yeah. You know what you describe with the yoga instructor? You know, once a year, you get the body a chance to release what is not needed. Total release. And that's so preventive. You know, the body doesn't have to create whatever it needs to create to take your attention because the life force can function by itself. Yeah, Yeah. you know, to me, craniosacral is the medicine of the future. The past and the future. (laughs) Yes, yes. Also, because it's so easy to learn. It is amazing, you know, learning is also getting rid of all your trauma at the same time. And then, you know, connecting to that midline every, every time, which is, you know, and that no mind space, people think, oh, meditation, it's so far-fetched. But you have to realize the same no mind space, everybody in the whole world, everybody goes there when they go to sleep. One third almost of our time, we spent in no mind, deep sleep. So the body knows what it is. You know, it's just, that's, I find my task is to pinpoint, hey, yeah, this, what you feel now is the same as that. Just explaining the biology of the body, explaining the biology of no mind, not something you go sit there and maybe it happens or maybe it doesn't happen. No, a client needs to understand. And meditation, you can say, but that no mind space, because you're connected with another body. In deep sleep, you have only your own energy available to do whatever it needs to be done. And what is deep sleep? It's the body healing, cleaning itself. The brain cleans itself. So yeah, the mind is not there because if the brain is being cleaned, you cannot think. Yeah, you need a clean or a brain that's functioning, but at night it stops functioning because it needs to be clean. So that whole thing is what we bring to a table. Yeah, and the understanding of it, it's so easy because the body knows how to go in that deep space. It does it every night without instruction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and again, that's that whole like disconnect in learning how to connect, mm-hmm. right? Understanding like this is not new. You're just not, a, you haven't been aware of the that's process it. and now you get to experience yeah. it while awake. Uh, thank you so much for joining me again and just taking us deeper into how the body works. It's so incredible. I love how you explain everything. And if people want to take one of your courses, what, how can they find it? Well, the easiest way is craniorocks.com. Rocks like rock and roll. Craniorocks.com. And then you get guided into our website. Perfect. Thank you so much again. My pleasure. 
Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. If you found this episode helpful, would you do me a favor and help others find it by leaving a review, sharing a screenshot on social media, or sharing the link with a friend? By you sharing what you've learned, others are able to find this podcast and join our community. Be sure to check out my website, www.roadtolivingwhole.com for over 160 delicious recipes, a variety of meal plans, and a blog packed full of even more healthy living tips. If you'd like to learn more about how to work with me as your coach, you can schedule a free consult through www.roadtolivingwhole.com backslash health-coaching backslash. Until next time, friend. Bye.